guys. Hey everyone. We are back. It, we're actually trying to make this consistent. Yes, this is going to be a weekly thing. Bi-weekly. Yes, I think that's uh, more realistic. <laughs> All right, so, well, I'm Victoria. And I'm Gloria. Um, and we are just two skincare chemists trying to navigate and bring some transparency to this very confusing skincare world. Uh, while having some fun and sharing a few drinks. What are we having today? Yeah, speaking of, um, Gloria, you want to share? Your- so this drink is a journey. <laughs> it started out with just Tito's, and then we added green... Texas represent! <laughs> <laughs> and then we added some green tea lemonade to it. Mm. Then we realized we don't have lime or lemon. All we had was some blueberries. <laughs> <laughs> that we, we tried to muddle, and may I say, uh, it, don't, it don't look great. <laughs> it looks like blueberry carcasses on the bottom of our tree. Yeah, it's not very good. Um, it tastes all right. Yeah, we, do you want to tell them how we come up with these like god-awful concoctions? Like, we, when did it all start? We, uh, we call these trash teenies, mm. um, mostly because we don't usually stock a lot of mixers yeah. and like whatever you put in your mixing. Right. So usually by the time we're ready to have a hard one, we realize we just gotta use what we have, yeah. which is usually Gatorade. Capri Sun. Uh, I've put jam in that before. <laughs> yeah, so so today is uh, green tea lemonade. Yes. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I kind of like it. I think next time we should choose like a high C, something nostalgic. Yeah, something- Kool-Aid? Oh, uh, yes. I, I can get on board with Kool-Aid. Yeah. So um, yeah, aside from that, um, today um, our topic is actually just is going to be a, uh, strictly about sunscreen. Um, we're just going to talk about how to select them, um, some tips and tricks, um, just how to help you make a better choice for your skin type. Um, we realize there's just way too many sunscreen products out there now. Yeah. It's starting to get pretty confusing. Yeah. And the weather is super nice. Yeah. Um, we're in Northern California right now. It's been beautiful out. So I'm sure that is something on everyone's shopping list in the coming weeks. So, um, let's get started with some news and then we'll dive into the meat of it. Yes. The news. Um, so last time, uh, we talked about some company or just new brand launches. Um, so today we're actually going to focus on new product launches. Um, so just to start, Verse, uh, which you can find at Target, has just launched a mineral zinc-based tinted SPF 35 for $21.99. Um, it's 50 mil, comes in the very uh, cute, brightly colored tube packaging. Um, yeah, just another option out there. Yeah, um, you'll probably see a lot of all mineral options mm-hmm. launching um, this season. Yeah, I have a lot of feels about it. On one hand, yeah. I feel like it's... um. It's good that we're innovating in this department because a lot of mineral sunscreens like not ideal. I don't I don't like them. Yeah. <laughs> um, so with all the interest around it for health, environment, or other reasons, yeah. it's great. We might see something really cool come out of this. Um, for now, we're just keeping our eyes open. Maybe this will be a summer project that we try a bunch of mineral sunscreens and report back with findings. Yep. Uh, stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs> All right, um, so Belief also just launched a second version of their very popular Aqua Bomb. It's called Aqua Bomb Aloe Vera. So uh, not, not, super, <laughs> not super wild, um, but I did take a look at the ingredient list. Um, it has a ton more um, extracts 
Um, the trouble with extracts for us is that it's very hard to speak on them. Not a lot of them have a lot of data. On top of that, um, extracts is actually a very generic term. We don't actually know what that means. Is it like a is it like water essentially plant water or is it um, actually a concentrated active? So. You know, we we will say um, since it is the same exact formula to aqua, the original aqua bomb, just added extracts. This does seem like an upgrade from the aqua bomb formula. Yeah, and just to clarify what Victoria means, a while ago we actually wrote a post about it. Yeah. Um, we have two raw materials that's that are both called aloe vera extract. One's a powder, so yeah. it's a very concentrated form of aloe vera extract, mm -hmm. and one's a water, which is very diluted. But ironically, the water is how brands claim this product is 90% aloe vera because right. they use a diluted form to begin with. Right. So that's the problem. And the chemists, like our job is actually to pick through these different extracts to find the best ones. But unfortunately, by unfortunately, by the time it gets to the consumer side, mm. I it's you just can't tell which ones they're using. Yeah, exactly. Um. We also have a new launch from Wishful, um, a brand found at Sephora. They have an enzyme scrub. Um, but the funny thing is that um, in the inky, you'll see that not only do they have the papain, that common papaya. Papain? Yeah, I'm sorry. Is that how you say I it? I always go like papain. <laughs> Maybe it's papain. <laughs> papain? So to be fair, no one has ever come out with any guidelines on how to actually pronounce some of these extracts oh. um, and some of these ingredients. So we both have probably butchered it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Hello, so do you sell papain? <laughs> Would you like to tell us about your papain? <laughs> uh, yeah, so papaya latex and enzyme. But um, despite it saying it's an enzyme scrub, it actually has a ton of other AHAs, lactic, um, glycolic, and also salicylic. So actually, I want to ask Gloria, like, how do you feel when uh, products, they claim enzyme, which is usually more gentle, but then they also pack a ton of AHAs. Do you think it's good, bad? Like, does it ensure efficacy? Like, what are your thoughts? I think, generally speaking, will work a little better because enzyme exfoliants are considered one of the most gentle right. types out yeah. there. But I don't like it because it's misleading. Because mm -hmm. if you're if you are someone who can't use AHAs and ultimately right. that's why you're choosing an enzyme scrub, right you're just getting an unpleasant surprise. Yeah, exactly. So um, totally agree with that. Um, like we said, it's just always important to just skim the ingredient list to be sure. And just a friendly reminder for those of you who have latex allergy, you might be allergic to papaya extracts and But yes, if it comes from papaya, you might be allergic to it. So just be on the lookout. Yeah. Okay, cool. And finally, um, Kiehl's launched the eye uh, cream version of their pow powerful wrinkle-reducing concentrate. Um, the only thing I want to mention in this is actually they, they did a clinical. And usually with eye, anything that involves eye concerns, um, dark circles, uh, wrinkles, eye bags, uh, clinicals become very, very important here. Um, and I did want to share their findings because I actually think this is like a truly realistic result. Um, so after eight weeks of use, they did a clinical study on 52 panelists. They found that um, within seven days, this new eye cream is clinically proven to diminish the appearance of dark circles, including 
the blue and brown pigment by 16%. And the reason why I wanted to highlight that is because a lot of people hear 16% and they're like, that doesn't that do sounds much. terrible. <laughs> yeah, but the reality of it is that's actually pretty good for just actual any sort of result involving the eye and that kind mm -hmm. of improvement. So um, the reason why we want to share it is just to, I think it's important for everyone to manage expectations, especially with eye creams. And on the flip side, I mean, kudos for Kiehl's for doing a study yeah. like this. So when you see um, phrases like reduce XYZ mm -hmm. by, by say like 16%, right. that means they're clinically measuring this with a device, mm -hmm. right? If they want an easier route, they will probably use what's called a perception study. Yeah. That's when you see numbers like 90% of the people agree that they think that this is helping. Right. They saw an improvement. They saw a reduction in their dark circles. Um, but there's no actual expert grader or right. any sort of measurement that's taken. So. Right. So those give you nicer sounding numbers, mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, it doesn't really mean much. Yeah. Really good point. Um, so that's all the news, the product launches we wanted to highlight. So I guess we can get right into the meat of today's The episode. meat? <laughs> Sunscreen? <laughs> so okay. Alright, I'm going to keep drinking. Oh, cheers. <laughs> cheers. <laughs> Alright, so sunscreens. Um, Alright, well we recently did a poll on sunscreens. Mm. We got a lot of really uh, great recommendations that we have on our list to try. If you guys haven't seen it yet, do check it out if you're looking for sunscreen inspiration. Um, one thing we did realize is that uh, it's starting to get quite overwhelming for people to find a sunscreen or even know where to start. Um, and there's now so many formats. It's not just lotions and fluids, it's sprays and sticks and powders. Yeah, I have a lot of feels about some of these formats, but yeah. we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think first things first, we'll start with the basics, mm -hmm. um, how to select based on skin type. Um, so the important thing and principle to always remember is you need to find something that your skin will tolerate so that you know for sure you're going to wear it. Um, Not just wear, wear a lot of it. Right, and, and are willing to reapply. Um, a lot of times people think like, I need an SPF 100, um, but the texture is so god-awful that they may only wear it whenever their skin can handle it, which is or isn't every day. a layer as thin as humanly possible. Yeah, yeah, and that's just not how that works. Um, so yeah, why don't we start with dry skin, Gloria? Any tips? So for me, I highly prefer chemical filters to uh, mineral ones especially especially with the u.s filter system mm. um i just find in asia once in a while there are those mixed ones where it's like where it's a blend of um, yeah. physical and mineral yeah. those are okay for me but in the u.s i just find physical only to be really drying yeah um i mean by default Isn't that tack when you say dry it's just like because it's so sticky almost it feels dry yeah there's that and after it dries it feels powdery mm. and so for me that powderiness always translates to extra dryness yeah if my skin's actually dry it also has the magical power of highlighting all your flakiness <laughs> and that's true actually yeah yeah so i don't love it and water and sweat resistant physical filter yeah. sunscreen is even worse it's mm. just like it sits very heavy it's just like hi i'm a film right and That's i don't so i don't love it um in terms of 
Ultimately, though, I still prefer Asian and European filters mm. because I still want to use a moisturizer first mm. to make sure I'm getting it. So I'm not. But with U.S. formulas, uh, most of the time I'm actually just using it to replace a moisturizer because it's heavy enough. Right. If I have a moisturizer underneath it, it just feels gross. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a great point. Um, and also, you know, for oily skin types, it's the same thing. Um, I. We generally do recommend uh, going Asian EU chemical sunscreen filters. Um, I choose that for myself too. Um, also because the texture is just lighter, fresher. It mm -hmm. doesn't make you feel super shiny by 3 p.m. Um, and yeah, so I think um, we, at the end of the day, we actually typically, if your skin isn't sensitive, um, are there any other reasons why we would have them choose mineral actually that's a good point because i feel like <laughs> we just spent five minutes shitting on <laughs> mineral sunscreen there are very real reasons why you would choose it yeah. um first the sensitivity yep. zinc oxide is the go-to recommendation mm -hmm. if you're looking for vanilla yeah. um and then secondly it's if you're going to the ocean if you're diving scuba right. diving for coral reefs yep. um and then the third reason is the can of worms off. If you are concerned about chemical filters entering your bloodstream, then right. you'll go physical or mineral. Right. And just to touch on that can of worms, there is no verdict yet. There is mm. no data yet implicating that chemical sunscreens are actually detrimental to you because they absorb in the bloodstream. So at this point in time, like there is no reason to be abandoning your chemical sunscreen. Right. Um, this is merely, it's it's your choice. Um, we recommend you to go read. Um, FDA has done a great report on it. So, um, yeah. In fact, go fair. back to episode, I forgot which episode. Seven, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we did an episode on it because yeah. uh, I went to an FDA seminar mm -hmm. about yeah. it and got all the update. By update, it's like an update of, Stay tuned. <laughs> so if you want to hear our more in-depth um, talk about that, just go back to that episode. Yeah, exactly. All right. So hopefully that gives you some point of reference of where to start. Um, obviously, when we say chemical mineral, we are talking about just classical lotion fluid formats. Mm -hmm. um, if you're looking for an SPF range, anything between 30 and 50. We think 50 is great because the coverage... Um, will kind of carry you through for all sorts of um i guess sun level experiences. of uh, harshness <laughs> right and the texture is good enough that mm. it's tolerable um however there are a group of people that seem to struggle with that level mm -hmm. of filter um and this is where you know there is nothing wrong with needing to dial down to use an spf 30 um, you need to use something that allows you to reapply every two hours if you only apply it once but you're in your, you're in the sun for six hours like it there's no point you know you're still there's a chunk of time where your skin is taking on sun damage so yeah. And kind of to add to that, if yeah. you're interested in trying um, Japanese or uh, Asian sunscreen yeah. in general, Amazon's a great place to look yeah. for these things. We do typically recommend the cl classic um, Bure Aqua Reach. Mm -hmm. If you're looking for other ones, I want to just point out that alcohol is a very common ingredient yeah. in Asian sunscreen because they don't, they're layer happy usually in their habits and a lot of places in asia are really hot and humid yeah. so they have no issues with with alcohol so just double check the ingredient list real fast if that's something that you might want to avoid right great point 
Um, all right. Now, there is a subset of people who use makeup and makeup foundation. So mm. we do want to touch on that because at the end of the day, sunscreens are tested as a single film, yeah. not layered with moisturizers or makeup foundations. Um, so because of that, we want to help you kind of troubleshoot this issue. There are essentially two options. One is you can try to find a hybrid mm -hmm. uh, sunscreen moisturizer. Usually they're SPF 30, um, but you have to remember that you need to apply it like a sunscreen and not a moisturizer. Yeah, um, which so, makes layer on thick. Right, so maybe a great choice for dry skin, but for oily skin, this can be a little problematic. Mm -hmm. um, and we do understand that with makeup, you ultimately want to put a layer of foundation over. Um, the only way to really like troubleshoot this is just make sure you allow enough time for your sunscreen to absorb and essentially dry. Um, and then uh, you also may encounter a situation where they have pilling. Mm -hmm. I think that we get that question a lot. Yeah, if it pills, it's not a good match. Because right. if you think about it, both foundation and sunscreen, they work by leaving a very even film mm. on your skin. And if uh, if it pills, it means that film is already compromised, so mm. it's probably not doing a good enough job. Right. Um, another thing I wanna add is, I feel a little bit, I feel mixed uh, about um, foundations that com comes with SPF mm. value on it. So those, it is tested. Um, but at the end of the day, it's probably good enough for day-to-day -day wear, right? Mm -hmm. But if you go to a beach or something, Odds of you applying foundation thick enough that it really reaches that coverage is not that high. That's true. Yeah, so and that's where I'm like, uh. Actually, that's a good point because I don't think there are many foundation SPFs that are tested for water resistance or sweat resistance. No, it's just not a very... I, I think I think of those as like may probably good enough for like just daily activities yeah. like running an errand. But if you're going biking, going on a hike, it's ooh, I don't know if I'll hold up. Right. Um, and I will also mention um, I'm a little bit darker tone, um, and just for a lot of the SPF foundations that I have tried, um, they usually have titanium dioxide. And I will become ghost white. I actually look <laughs> like a mime. So that's one thing to kind of think about for darker skin tone people. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so hopefully those are some tips for people who are trying to incorporate both makeup and sunscreen, um, especially during the summer months. Yeah, I do like um, if your skin is in decent condition, mm -hmm. I really like. Wow, I'm really having a moment with Asian sunscreens. But they have a lot of like minor tone correcting ones. Mm. Um, it's not like a full film. It doesn't have a lot of coverage, but it has just enough pigment for to give you a little bit of extra glow. So Is that are they actual like skin tones or are they like the purple green? No, ones? they're the purple green yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And they um some of them might get maybe a little bit whiter than you bargained for, sure. but um there's one, is it Biore or some other brand? There's one called like UV Tone Up Essence. And it actually just... It's, it's not the Aqua... No, aqua no, it's a, no, it's oh. a different one. I don't remember the full, full name. I just remember Tone Up Essence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that one is yeah. pretty good. It's a little bit on the pale side, but it still gives you just enough glow. Yeah. And, and I think it's enough for the mm, day. Good point. All right, so that's that for makeup users. Now we want to actually get into the different formats um, outside of lotion. So that's going to include things like sunscreen sticks, 
powders, sprays, um, and also we'll also get into the claims as well. But first things first, for me, for the life of me, I cannot figure out when I would use a sunscreen stick. I low-key hate it. <laughs> the textures aren't typically great. We did get a recommendation on the poll that Shiseido actually has oh, a sunscreen I've used stick. That Have one. you used that one? Yeah, it's the blue one, right? It's like part of the... I've never select. tried it. But yeah. apparently it people seem to like it. It's okay. Actually, that one's okay. Mm. Like, I, I've tried the super goop one, mm. and um, I've tried one that's my... <laughs> um, well, my, my friend, he, she has one for babies, yeah. and I've tried that one. They're really greasy, mm. and it just... and it, it, Is it white? It's, it, it, it's white, but it goes on pretty clear. Okay. But at the same time, um, it doesn't... It has a drag to it, mm. so you don't feel like you're depositing enough. Mm-hmm. The Shiseido one rolls off pretty easy, uh, okay. but I think my problem with it is always like, I know I am missing a spot. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Is this enough product? Yeah. It's not very intuitive to me. Yeah, I mean, actually, just we'll get right into it for sprays. That's actually a big problem is um, a lot of people believe that if I spritz, like this mm-hmm. um you're covered but actuality um a lot of tests with any sort of uh, sunscreen spray they actually will spray on their hand and then apply to ensure that you get the proper amount and you're actually getting a true even film so this is where we're like sprays can be first of all they feel great they're very cooling mm-hmm. they usually have a very dry finish but the film isn't always great and then you need to ensure like proper angle like for example if you're at a beach sometimes it's windy (laughs) doesn't always make it to your face (laughs) doesn't always make it to your body (laughs) very important (laughs) so so yeah Yeah, end up sunscreening the seagulls (laughs) no it's it's true (laughs) it's true so Yeah, so those are some things to think about um, with these other formats. Powders are the same problem, too. Um, We have been dying to do a powder study just to figure out if if I do a quick brush, does that film actually Yeah, actually, uh, when the world goes back to normal, hopefully we can do another Vizia test. Because last time um, Victoria and I did that, we found out that we both have really weird blind spots. Yeah. Like, I apparently miss my my forehead to my eyebrow kind of area just just a very very specific spot yeah and yeah with the like uh, with these different types of format everyone is gonna have a blind spot and right you just don't know what <laughs> right exactly so we understand this for you know easier reapplication mm-hmm. um yes it does provide some level of production but maybe not you know we're just the film setup has us kind of concerned about, you know, how actually how much production are you getting? Does that film actually hold up? Yeah. So we can see how these can be useful or I guess like more convenient. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, if you still if you are able to reapply your actual lotion, that is still the tried and true format that right. we recommend. Yeah. Um, and like Victoria mentioned, it's because the testing is designed around the yeah. lotion cream format. Yeah. So that is the safest way. Actually, well, we got a really good question recently asking about uh, a person's like she was asking if I sit at home all day, 
and I apply it, I apply my sunscreen. Do I have to reapply it if I'm like not really in the sun? Mm -hmm. um, people often think that sunscreens, because you're not actually using the protection, mm. it's kind of like a battery reserve. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah. I, I, I can see how you come to that right. conclusion. But at the end of the day, like no sunscreen is tested like that. It's always at the two hour right. mark. So that's why to err on the safe side, the best practice is to always reapply. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I will say of all these like non slightly newer formats, yeah. slightly different formats, my favorite is probably the spray. Mm. Especially when you go to the beach, I just find that I a after you go into the water once, you, you don't want to exfoliate yourself every time you that, rub the really sand down with the sunscreen. So I prefer spray in those um, situations, mm -hmm. but I'll definitely do like a double spray down. Yeah, and like our true rub-in. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, okay, so other things to keep in mind, sweat resistance. If you are an athlete, if you're running, um, that's your kind of true bet that your, your sunscreen is going to hold up for you. Mm -hmm. um, we did a post recently talking about uh, if you see your sunscreen streaking after your workout, it's not a good sign if it gets in your eye you realize i can't see anymore on this run it's a bad sign crying white tears yeah. <laughs> yeah so not a good sign um definitely water resistance if you're going in the water and sand resistance is actually one that's not too common but um i i've always appreciated it from an r d side because they've actually had to test like the amount of sand that sticks Actually, body. what is the protocol? I don't, I don't know the protocol for testing sand I'm, resistance. So I'm not perfectly clear on that, but I do know that ultimately, you're just you're you test a certain area and you place your arm in, in like a, a bed sand of box. sand, <laughs> and you know you ultimately see how much sand is like collected on the surface area. So guys, there's um, a group of people and. So when we say we're kids, sorry, you can probably <laughs> hear that. <laughs> I, I apparently am hungry. <laughs> Baka's not filling her up. Um, but yeah, so when we say we're chemists, we're formulation chemists, but really for every aspect of science, skin science, there's um, a group of scientists that's dedicated to it. Yeah. And there are people whose job is to come up with these testing protocols. Yeah. And it sounds simple, but you have to think of so many things. Like right. everything has to be controlled, right? right. Um, from the more obvious ones, like how much product you're applying mm -hmm. to stuff like, uh, how many grams of sand am I putting on this? <laughs> what is the right. size of uh, right. and morphology of the sand? Right. Those are all questions they have to specify. Right, exactly. It's actually kind of fun. It is. I think it's kind of... Um, I have a friend who was working on uh, a nail project. Yeah. And she's like, I, I don't ever want to know this much detail about freaking nails, <laughs> but I have to. Yeah. So, yeah, it's Yeah, that's interesting. That's true. Um, okay, so that takes care of formats. Um, all right, we want to talk about just a few pro tips for sunscreens. Mm -hmm. um, tinted. So, uh, for those of you with uh, darker skin tones, um, I do want to mention that a lot of tintins don't actually uh, work out for darker skin tones. Um, the reason why they'll tint it is because it's typically mineral. Um, and so that's where we kind of want to mention that, you know, if we still, if you are struggling with the white cast, do, 
if you can go to chemical first before skimming to um to yeah. tinted mm-hmm. yeah i uh, will say for lighter skin tone it's it works okay like yeah. um for me i can tell it's desperately trying to cover up white cast but i'm pretty pale so i'm like it's reasonable right. but i can see how that gets real real bad with darker skin tone yeah yeah and sometimes the skin tone actually will turn a very fair person orange so, <laughs> yeah, so it's not always helpful um but i will say one tinted mineral that has done really well for me is the murad city defense mm-hmm. uh it's 60 dollars, so it's not a very reasonable or sustainable product but if you just add like say you're going to the coral reef um that honestly may be your only option at this point from what i've tested mm-hmm. um and then let's see what else did i want to mention ah lip care ah oh this is interesting yeah yeah so lip um actually doesn't have melanin and mm-hmm. melanin is your natural protection against uv light yeah so your lips are actually really really susceptible to sun damage yeah. and that's why sometimes you see that see lip dark, dark spots or like damage forming right. there so yes um spf lip balm is uh can help but again you taste it <laughs> just just a warning you're gonna taste the sunscreen or just not coming out like this. <laughs> <laughs> right but yeah we do think it's very important especially mm-hmm. hikers um skiers um mm-hmm. it is important to have that around um anti-aging around a mouth you'd be surprised how much you'll end up caring about it yeah. in the long run yeah um because like ultimately you know when you're kind of the lip area starts to go (laughs) and then you have wrinkles going this way then that's when yeah yeah and that's such a good point because naturally when you apply you don't apply to the lips and then the ring around the lips you also miss yeah so yeah spf um lip balm can definitely help yeah um i think one thing i also wanted to mention was about acne so acne is when you are breaking out it is very very hard to want to put an oily sunscreen on your face okay so i my recommendation is generally mineral is better for acne um kind of as gloria mentioned it's a drier powdery finish Mm -hmm. um you can also try going asian sunscreens as well for light Mm -hmm. texture um and they even have some incredibly dry finish, like with a lot of alcohol. There's a one of the Biore ones. It's a red bottle. Mm-hmm. I don't remember names. That thing is so dry. The and one it, with the bead, right? Yes, it works really well. I went to the beach with it, and I was super concerned because it goes on, and you don't. So I'm used to for my full body. I'm used to the cream, so you can you know it's there because it's greasy. Right. That one was so dry. I kept going like, did I? Am I missing my mm-hmm. whole entire back? Mm-hmm. Like no idea. I, yeah, I didn't even get a little tan that day. <laughs> it works, it's very intense, good. but it's very dry. Yeah, so, you know, if texture is, like, the reason why you can't apply, um, look to those. But you also have the other end of the spectrum where you are on a bunch of medication and your skin is very irritated. Mm. Um, the problem with that is that these really dry finishes can make you feel even more irritated. So that's when we're like you know 
some of these like mineral SPF 30s, try to find those that your skin can tolerate. Um, we want to emphasize how important it is to use it because when you have those acne footprints and those um, residual like pigmentation from where the lesion was, um, in the sun they will darken and that makes your healing process even longer and you are kind of increasing your chances of scarring so that's one thing we do really want to emphasize as much as you might hate it um do try to incorporate it into your routine find mm. a good one uh, doesn't have to be spf 50. do you have one that you hate <laughs> that i hate yeah <laughs> I feel like a normal question is, do you have a favorite you recommend? But I'm like, have you had, what's your worst experience? So I kind of agree with you that there's actually a subset of Asian sunscreens that I really don't like the finish. Mm -hmm. Like anything that's like, feels like pure silicone. Set Senka, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Am I allowed to call Boom. them out my name? But that Boom. one, that one is a, hi, I'm alcohol and I am dimethico. Right, right, yeah. exactly. Um, even the fluid tints mm -hmm. there's that i actually find dry touch to feel very unnatural mm -hmm. i think that may be what triggers it's it. almost like a faux skin feel yeah. right it's supposed to feel like like naked like your it's your own skin but it's not quite that right exactly yeah. so just that feeling makes me feel like oh it's just sitting on my face and i'm super greasy actually um, recently we also had an epiphany where um we discussed our chemist pet peeve that um, <laughs> that silicone texture yeah. just feels like lazy formulation because mm. it's there to silicones are great for enhancing overall texture but if your finish if your end product just screams silicone it just feels lazy right i think back in the day silicone used to be the exotic luxury yeah kind of material and formula to what have. is that slip yeah oh my god so slipping like, oh my god mattifying blurring mm. you know like it's so dry and clean but now that we're like used to and because we play with it all the time yeah. because it feels so unnaturally clean you're just like this doesn't feel yeah. like it's doing my skin any good and it's just sitting there mm -hmm. so um not saying that we don't love the ingredient and it can be very helpful for formulation but pure silicone that's just laziness it's gross <laughs> yeah, it is laziness because they'll just suspend a bunch of like actives wow. and powders into it and mm. it doesn't really Call do much. Yeah. Your primers are those. <laughs> <laughs> but those, I will say, for long wear makeup, can be helpful. Yeah. Right? Yeah. To sit, have the foundation. I mean, you don't wear foundation. Gloria's lucky she doesn't wear foundation. <laughs> yeah. But I will say, yeah, creams and lotions that have a very distinct silicone feel, yeah. we're like, judge you a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> True. Okay. So I think that covers the meat of it. Anything so, no, I guess it's time for our comment. My confession is that despite knowing almost too much about sun damage and the repercussions of that, oh god, <laughs> I still wish my legs didn't look super pasty. <laughs> so I just feel like that's just a human want. Like mm -hmm. when your when your skin's like ghost white, you're like, I look really it's a traffic hazard. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Can't wear shorts. Um, yeah. I'm like that too. And I'm 
I don't really jog or go outside with shorts. Mm. So by the time I do, there's like at least eight shades of difference between my arm and my legs. <laughs> it looks absurd. Yeah, and like all the um, athleisure leggings, mm-hmm. they all cut off at different places. Oh, and you know what? <laughs> the, the the mesh around your uh, the back of your knees and yeah. stuff is so in. I'm so scared I'm going to get tan kneecaps, <laughs> but not tan the rest of my leg. <laughs> yep, yep. So that's my confession. Mm. It's a true one, but... Sadly, yes, I know too much about damage and kind of go back and forth on it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Gloria, what's your confession in sunscreen? So I, after I started working, I know all about sunscreen and what good sun protection habits should look like. But for a long time, I will apply sunscreen in the morning. I won't bother reapplying throughout the day. Mm And I won't even um, wear sunscreen on my way out of work. And sometimes um. after work, um, the sun is like, it's setting and it's actually really bright out. And I'm pretty sure I have at least one wrinkle and like a dozen freckles <laughs> from that. Those, there was a few years where I just, I just didn't leave a sunscreen at work. So I'm like, oh, whatever. <laughs> it's, uh, it was in my sun- company. So I was like, okay. sunscreen at, at- skincare company you worked at oh yeah <laughs> it, oh, oh, oh the, the company that has a ton of sunscreen <laughs> yeah i didn't bother getting one and we, we used to get free good. we get free products at work at our employer yeah our ex-employer um yeah i didn't bother taking any i didn't bother using it i'm just yeah you know what whatever i'm 25 i don't care you know? yep. <laughs> and now i'm like no it's true though i think sitting in a car driving my hands yeah on the steering wheel i feel like i have to you know put sunscreen on it now i can feel the dryness and like just the wrinkles come it's sad yeah it's almost like you feel it zapping wrinkles in your face it's when you know too much you're just like oh my god i visually see damage (laughs) i see damage as i drive in california the sun is super strong it's very strong yeah Yeah. i am tinting my car windows that's my project this summer Mm, that's a good one yeah okay so i guess that's it that's it so that is the meat so it is time to i'm so excited she's just been waiting for this moment this whole day what does that say that i'm lighting up for the non-skincare portion of this again this is our selfish moment Mm -hmm. so it's time to break 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 it up break 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 This week's animal fact, mm-hmm. I was in charge of. Um, Victoria talked about what's it, the, the, the dancing, spider. yeah, the dancing peacock spider Dance last week. Life. Yeah, so I decided to continue the trend of interesting mating habits from the insect world. Oh dear! So the animal <laughs> of the week is the hanging fly. So oh, they God. look like a crossbreed between a dragonfly and a giant mosquito. So, yes, attractive. We are on a roll with the cute and fuzzy animals. But I, their mating habit makes so me excited. Like, <laughs> I it's so, it, like, it's bubbling so, out it's of so her. It's so funny. Okay. So, the thing is, to mate, the, the male has to give the female a gift. 
in the form of a meal. So basically, it has to offer. They eat other smaller insects. So there, I, like I, I kid you not, there's a few scientific studies about it. They call it a nuptial gift. Okay. And the funny thing is, like, so obviously, if the female doesn't like your food, you're not getting lucky that day. Okay. So but she doesn't kill them. She doesn't kill them. She's just okay. like, no, thank you. Okay. Um, so if it's not in and out for me. Yeah, exactly. It's, not it's like, uh, I said no Taco Bell. <laughs> so, um, and the funny thing is, the the research around this, they actually tried. They gave the male different insects. They offer the female. Okay. So they don't like they don't like ladybugs. Ladybugs don't taste good to them. <laughs> but anyway, the funniest thing to me is it has to be the right size of insect. Because hmm. you give it to a female, she'll start eating, and the male's like, well, I mean, she's, she's occupied. So he'll start doing his thing, but if the female... Wait, so he's just like, cha-cha-cha-cha-cha, now we're copulating. And then if the female finished eating it too fast, she'll be like, no. She will kick the bug off and fly off. So the fruit flies, no boy, no, because she'll finish eating way too fast. And then they actually study the time. So on average, a male will finish his business in 20 minutes. So basically, he has... 20 minutes? Be ashamed, someone. <laughs> yes. Sorry. Hanging fly last 20 minutes. I feel like there's a lot of things we can extrapolate. <laughs> yes. That's why it's so funny. There's so many inappropriate 20 jokes. 20 minutes. 20 minutes of insect That's sex. That's incredible. Yeah. So the funny thing is like, if she... So I guess this tests the male's hunting ability. Okay. If you give the female a little bitch insect and she finished eating in 30 seconds she's gonna kick you off and then fly away okay so and the funniest thing is if the male end up giving the female uh an insect that's too big and he finishes thing and she's still eating he will take the rest away and try to offer it to another female entrepreneurship <laughs> <laughs> I know and, and not no food waste so yes that is the hang fly mating ritual I just feel like there's so many human lessons baked in there so if you distract the female yes enough, exactly you can get your chance yes also have a burger please enjoy your burger nothing to see here and make sure it's a big enough burger yes. not like a kids meal cheeseburger no 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 oh. double decker Something that takes her 20 minutes to eat. <laughs> and the, so if she, she doesn't like it, she kicks them off. Yeah. <laughs> Literally just like. <laughs> oh, pretty good. And then he has to go hunt again to bring them another offering. <laughs> it doesn't seem like the female is very interested in the idea of procreating. No. She just, she wants, just wants a meal. <laughs> I, just want a, I just want a burger. <laughs> I is this sugar daddy behavior? In, like, I could you characterize so. this as sugar daddy behavior? I guess so. Or I guess she's very practical. Yeah, like survival. A, yeah. yeah. I was like, like, damn. Yeah. Where's my burger? <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Yeah. So, but, like, you know, in our dating lives, mm. you know, you take, you go out for dinner. Mm. Okay, that's essentially that. Like a three-star Michelin dinner <laughs> with like just little bite sizes. Of no, 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 no. You want like a burrito with, I don't know. But it can't be what. an all-you-can-eat buffet because he'll kick you out and yeah. bring in the next one. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow, you're done eating already? No. <laughs> uh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. And what will we think of next? 20 minutes is a magic number today. <laughs> Anyway, 20 minutes, guys.
That's the animal fact of the day. The hanging fly fly with a lot of life lessons. Good job. I like that. All right, cool. So that brings us to the last. FAQ. That wasn't the first. (laughs) FAQ. All right. What favorite question did we get this week? All right. So we have from Kyra Fike. Fike. Sorry, Kyra. Hi, Gloria and Victoria. Love your Instagram page and podcast. I listen to it regularly, and it is very insightful. I wanted to ask you what you two think about micro-needle rollers. Mm. I know there are a bunch of different sizes and rollers out there, and I've read that it helps stimulate collagen synthesis and reduce acne scars. Mm. However, I have also read that you shouldn't use it if you have active acne because it can spread bacteria on Mm. your face. Thoughts on this? I want to try it, but don't want to make my acne-prone skin even worse. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Kyra. We have a lot of thoughts on micro-needling. Also, especially because of COVID, because not a lot of people are able to see their best friend estheticians. Yeah, actually, I don't really, I don't really know. I don't know if like home micro-needle rollers are having a moment because people can go into their offices. So to sum up, it does stimulate collagen uh, synthesis. It works especially well if you roll your face and then you use a vitamin C serum for that. Um, and it, it can reduce scarring. However, <laughs> the catch is the size and the depth of the needle. Yes. And you can't really get those sizes from home microneedling. Legally. 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 <laughs> Legally, you cannot get that length of needle mm-hmm. um, on an Amazon. Also, please don't buy microneedles on Amazon. Mm. Um, the other thing that... Um, I, I like the mention about you know having cur- currently having acne and using micro needle micro needles. Um, the reason why is because micro needles are actually not meant to be reused. Um, mm-hmm. Not only do the needles themselves damage after one use, but you're also having this micro needle come in contact with your skin, and then you set it and forget it, and it's not you you can't clean it. Um, and then you use it again, and that's how you reintroduce bacteria mm-hmm. um, and bacteria grow. So that's why um, ultimately at home microneedling is just really not the best. It's just really not the best, honestly. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and for your and with active acne, your esthetician mm-hmm. is the best in managing that as well. Yeah. And our esthetician friend has also mentioned if you're microneedling to stimulate collagen production. You also have to take into account of like the structure of your face. Yeah. They feel and they can kind of suss out, suss out like your collagen density distribution. So, yeah. so, yeah, at home you're just not gonna get that level of care. Right, and another thing that Gloria like reminded me of is that estheticians actually know where you are prone to scarring mm-hmm. just by the way the micro needle rolls on your skin oh it's fascinating because yeah. um, she she um, angela yeah angela let us experience it and there are patches of skin where she goes over it you can actually hear it like i don't goofed over there before <laughs> right yeah so Again, we think it's a much more effective procedure when left to the estheticians. Um, That is worth the money for sure. Right. And I do want to ask Gloria, let's say, okay, you don't buy microneedling devices. What money would you put that towards in terms of a device instead? Like a home use device? Huh. 
boy, you put me on the spot. <laughs> okay, so um, I, I will say for me, mm-hmm. I... I'm intrigued by LED mm-hmm. um, because of acne. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it has surprisingly good data. It sounds really hokey, but there's actually a lot of study yes. behind it. The problem is, like, we haven't done the due diligence to actually look into... Like the best, most reliable one? Right. And mm. output time, yeah. length. Like, there's a couple things that you need to sort out before shopping for it. That's another thing that's been sitting on our to-do list for forever. <laughs> you guys may notice like we'll say we're adding it to the list the list is the list is out the door sometimes like certain subjects just take us a really long time to do research to read through everything yeah yeah Yeah. so anyways um led um but i'm also recently been intrigued by microcurrent Mm. Um, but the devices are incredibly expensive Mm -hmm. so i feel like you know in terms of budget led may be my first oh actually now that you mention it i have had the chance to try a home hair removal laser hair removal device like the trio oh oh, fancy (laughs) so i've done in office um laser hair removal yes i have too yeah Yeah, so then i was like oh you know it seemed i didn't i didn't I did the standard package. Um, it's not like 100% clean, but it's like good enough, right? So I was like, oh, I should get one of those home use ones and that'll be my upkeep, upkeep. right? Or like clean off the little hair. It hurts like a bitch. <laughs> and I was going to say, uh, is it painful? <laughs> yes, it is. Okay, and so it's legit. So to be fair, I have a really low pain tol- tolerance in office. Okay. I can pretend to be a big girl and they're like, Okay, it's gonna feel like band-aid zapping, it's fine, you know, blah blah blah. <laughs> yeah. And I can just sit there like pretend that I don't have a single tear rolling down my cheek. It's fine. But then at home, I don't To I don't, do it to yourself. Too. Yeah. I don't have anyone to be brave in front of. Yeah. So then it hurts like a bitch. I can't go through with it. <laughs> Especially because I the the thing is I didn't even try it on my leg or somewhere less painful first. I went to my armpit first. Damn. Yeah. And, and got one. <laughs> <laughs> and after one spot, I'm like, I, it's hair. Hair's natural. I like hair. <laughs> so that was my misguided home, home device experience. Sorry. I, when Gloria talks of pain tolerance, um, when we travel to Taiwan, one of the greatest things to do in Taiwan is to get a full body massage. They um, hurt you, and it hurts so good. Yes. Uh, in Taiwan, uh, no pain, no gain. Yes. So if you are not crying, your body is not improving from your massage. Uh, so, you know, we, we sit there in the chairs, and we, we both know the moments when we're just, like, die. <laughs> they, and the thing is, they also take pride in finding those spots yes. for you. Yeah. So when they, they feel like they, they, they've broken you. It's just... <laughs> the asian way <laughs> yeah but so, yeah anyways all right um we cool. digress next question yeah hi uh, ladies uh was listening to your podcast about mineral sunscreens mm. i wanted to suggest green defense by pharmacy it is spf 30 has a nice texture and doesn't leave a white film on my Excellent. face so i can use it daily on my face year round any thoughts on this that's a great suggestion because we were just talking about yeah uh mineral with spf 30 but not as SPF 50. Huh. <laughs> yeah. I actually, is it Pharmacy Mineral? Um, that one I'm not completely sure on. So we will be adding this to the list, actually. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, Gloria said it. Uh, we, we've been thinking about, like, 
SPF 30 minerals and realize those have been forgotten. But luckily enough, Versed, as we mentioned before, has just come out with their SPF 35, that's mineral. Um, and I think there's the beauty counter. They also have one that's an SPF 30 mineral. <sighs> okay, I will mention that even in an SPF 30, you may see that it takes quite a lot of vigorous rubbing mm -hmm. to get the mineral to rub in. Mm -hmm. So just know that that experience kind of takes some time. What do we get? Okay, so Green Defense is 100% mineral. Oh, it's great. a blend of titanium dioxide and nice. zinc oxide, uh, a total active load of seven point uh, eight point two percent which is actually pretty low for, and yeah. this is why, um, if you if you're skin sensitive and you don't love mineral but still can't tolerate chemical, this actually might be a really great one to try because the mm. load is pretty low. Sometimes we see it upwards to like twenty percent zinc, and even for SPF thirty. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a poorly formulated one. <laughs> Yikes! But, but yeah. <laughs> so yeah, actually, we'll definitely give this a go, okay. and then we will do a decode for this when we Perfect. try it ourselves. Thanks, Thanks for the recommendation. Yeah. All right, and finally, we got a question about layering. We get those a lot. So uh, one of the questions was, how do I use niacinamide and glycolic together? Um, Whenever, however. <laughs> it's fine. I know people worry about niacinamide and low pH. Um, we typically say that if you find them together, that's maybe a little bit more worrisome, but ultimately, if you are layering these, um, the no, time yeah. of interaction is so short that those kinds of um, worries about irritation is just not, it's pretty negligible, so we're not yeah. too worried. Yeah, general layer order, I will say probably glycolic first and then mm. niacinamide because um, glycolic operates a lower pH. Niacinamide products should sit right around your skin pH, should be between five and six. Um, so if you end on it, it's at your skin's natural pH, that, yeah, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Great. So that's it for this, this episode. Oh my god, two episodes, two weeks. I think we, we, I think the rust has left us. Oh, I feel like it's better. Yes, yes, Gloria. Yes. Tell us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Write to us. Gloria's like, I have no clue. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, so next week. Next week. What are we talking about? Oh, you're asking me. <laughs> so, uh, you tell us what we talk about next week. <laughs> I don't know, I feel like it's summer, we covered sunscreen. Mm. Mm. We just brainstorm. Ah. <laughs> no. This is how we actually work. So, send in your questions um, all about physical exfoliants and fungus. Um, and stay tuned. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks guys. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.